Hello, and we say good day to you at this moment of your time. As the Pleiadian Council, it's a pleasure and honor to establish contact with each and every one of you. So we thank you for opening this door of contact as the contact that you allow to take place between our worlds expands yourselves, expands ourselves, and expands all that is through the co-creative reflective process that we extend to each other. So our thanks is with you. And we welcome you again to a changing time in your world where you are truly seeing the end of old ways of being by starting to think and live in different ways. The core of this is about living love. And so that is the name of the book that we are sharing in your world soon, Living Love on Earth. Not living as a human, not living as a soul even, but living as the true nature of this entire universe, which is love. And this is why our message is always about returning to your love, passion, excitement, and joy. We use many words to describe this complex frequency so you don't get it mixed up. It's more than what you think any one of those words mean, but it is attuning to your own heart center and feeling there out of anything else, what creates the most warm, overflowing, joyous sensation and how do you stay in alignment with that sensation know that this energy that you generate by enacting what you're passionate about isn't just for you when you are in that vibration that energy ripples out from you and changes the frequency of everyone around you and actually the entire planet so what we're here to do is help you attune to that frequency and there are ways that we can get more specific with that. The title of this transmission is how to ask the best questions, because sometimes some of you get a little bit caught up in what you're actually bringing to us and what you're actually asking of the universe and asking of life. And so how do you ask the best questions? There's many ways that we can look at this. And first of all, it is about attuning to that frequency of passion. Are you asking questions that you are really passionate about? Whatever you're asking ought to create an acceleration in your being. Sometimes you might feel apprehension or nervousness about asking these questions because a part of you fears to hear the answer, but a deeper part of you knows that you need to simply step up and ask it. Those are good questions because it pushes you against your edge. Anything that activates that sensation of expansion in your heart and through your entire being is something that is very relevant for you and will support the entire world in expanding. So make sure that you put emphasis on it. Now, sometimes some of you will ask questions to the universe or ask questions to ourselves or your own guides and you receive an answer. But sometimes you don't apply that me message in your life and you find yourself manifesting the same circumstances over and over again. You find that you are encountering the same obstacles. But instead of 
remembering the answer you got, you ask the question again. And there comes a point at which the universe will, yes, answer in the same way, but make the message harder and more intense every time. And the same can be said about your guides even. We want you to hear the message so much. And if you keep asking the same question, we might get irritated with you if you don't necessarily mm, hear what we're saying. It's not that we in our reality are actually irritated. We love you unconditionally and we don't really care whether or not you apply this energy or not because we're simply sharing our frequency and knowing that that supports you and supports us and supports all that is. We would love for you to actually transform and change, but we're not attached. But we come through in a way that might seem more frustrated so that you can actually understand that you're coming up against a brick wall by not listening to what the answer is. And so many of you do this in your own lives when you hear your guides tell you to do something. You will know that you ought to do it in a deep way in your heart of hearts. But one of your belief systems gets activated that prevents you from actually moving in the direction of doing that thing. So you need to make sure that you're really honest with yourself about what is in the way and what isn't in the way in order to step forward. So many of you will come to question your own belief systems and bring these into the frame of work here. And that is very important to do. In order to actually make progress with this, however, you have to be totally honest with your beliefs. And some of you encounter obstacles with this because you get a sense of the idyllic sort of person you should be. You see the ideals that are very common in your communities. And instead of looking clearly in the mirror to see what you're actually embodying and what you actually believe, you parrot the ideal version of what you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to believe. And if you approach any sort of healing or transformation in an inauthentic way, the responses that you get will be just as inauthentic as the energy you have brought. So if you want to progress the questions you're asking in any area of life, no matter who you're asking, you have to be truly honest about your beliefs. And sometimes being honest about your beliefs means admitting there's still a lot of work to be done. And when you can celebrate that rather than fall into the slump of comparison, <clears throat> you will be able to truly, truly make progress. With all of that said, you can ask us, you can ask anyone, whatever is most relevant for you. And here's the thing, you have to make sure that you are asking the right people as well. You have to make sure you're asking the right people or entities for you. Sometimes some of you start to lack discernment in terms of who you connect with in your world. And you might feel very lost and want to find the right path for yourselves. 
But when you go about asking, you start to ask people who don't share your values and don't share your vision. This can help you understand those people more, but if you actually take their advice in, it will distort the flow of how you perceive your experience and you will inevitably make mistakes that could be avoided. You have to make sure when you're asking that the people or the entities you're asking are really in alignment with you. And if they are not in alignment with you and you find yourself in a doubtful state, it's better that you not share anything with them because if they reflect that doubt to you unconsciously, they might reinforce it and keep you in a lower frequency rather than lift you up into a higher frequency. So the last part of this is to make sure you're really asking the right people. And beyond this, we remind you the foundation of this is to ask the questions that are most exciting in your own heart of hearts. You will feel as this subject comes into your consciousness that there is a palpable shift of energy in your heart. You may have felt a question come into your mind and your heart starts pounding within your body. You feel an intensity, a build, a pulse of energy. That is what you're looking for. That is the state of being where you know that you're, you've found the idea or the question within yourself that you need to be looking for. And it's best to share it and bring it out. So with that said, Remember always, it's about your highest excitement, not just any old excitement. Some of you think that just because you're excited about something, you can keep doing it. But actually, if it is not your highest excitement, sometimes things that are just exciting become distractions. And instead of getting to what is really so important to you at a, in a core way, you do things that keep you mildly entertained and interested, but not actually in touch with your own higher self. So remember, the highest excitement is key, and the highest excitement will help you not just ask good questions, but ask the best and most relevant questions. We hope that many of you hear this and receive this, because we would really intend for this space to be a place where everyone not only gets time and space to have focus and energy directed towards their intentions and support others in doing so, but that everyone in this space can really find the most important aspects of their experience and bring them to the surface and share them in valuable ways. All right, our thanks to each and every one of you. And now we ask how can we serve you with any of your questions, inquiries and sharings at this time. Can I go first? You already did, so keep going. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, once uh, Ryok, the ET uh, first contact ambassador, yeah. said that um, in order to strengthen our memory, uh, we need to optimally nour nourish our nervous system. Yeah. And I was wondering, uh, what were your suggestions for uh, nourishing? Uh, and if there are any tips for nourishing our nervous system, that's my first question. Yes, the nervous <clears throat> system has to do with your sensitivity to your environment and your ability to relax. So the most important thing to do for your nervous system 
is to truly and deeply relax. Mm -hmm. I see. So, and to nourish it, foods, uh, monatomic goals, and any other tips? Uh, none of that matters. No? It's not significant. They're permission slips. They allow you to access a certain frequency. But what so many of you do is you live a stressful life, you don't act on your highest passion, you do things that distract you instead, you get yourselves all in a tizzy, and then you expect taking a tincture of lion's mane and ashwagandha to solve your problems, but that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you want to address your nervous system, you have to learn how to relax. And relaxation is a complex subject. As we have shared last week, one thing that is very important for your relaxation is routine, is doing things in a predictable way every day. <clears throat> and this allows you to focus on what your priorities really are. It allows you to strengthen the aspects of your body and the aspects of your mind that you really want to develop. It gives your body a sense of regularity so that you can ease into the flow. The other thing that's very important for relaxation is eating a nourishing diet, making sure that you're not putting inflammatory foods and substances into your gut. We've mentioned many of these before. The most important thing is what you avoid. So avoiding white sugar, excess processed flours, refined oils, and things of this nature. Food that has high levels of pesticides and insecticides will cause issues as well. So eating a healthy, wholesome diet and not eating too much and not taking too many stimulants such as caffeine from coffee or things of this nature will help you really relax. One reason so many of you don't relax is because, well, you always feel tired and you're always tired because you're always drinking more coffee or more tea or more something. You use that to wake yourself up, but you don't recognize that it is keeping you up and not allowing you to properly rest or fall asleep into the deepest levels of sleep. So if you really want a balanced nervous system, you have to look very closely at your caffeine intake as well. Now, another thing that's incredibly important to balance your nervous system is to exercise. It is to push your nervous system to greater limits. So if you're doing yoga or qigong or doing jogging, calisthenics or acrobats, something of this nature, every day to keep your body healthy and energized, you'll find that you are able to relax deeper. Now, other useful permission slips for this is human touch. The nervous system gets wound up when you don't feel connection with other people. The nervous system relaxes and goes into states of ease when you develop healthy connections and attachments with people around you. So, Nervous balance is so much connected to your sense of community. And this is all linked in with the root chakra. The way that you develop relationship patterns in earlier years of your life impacts how you are able to form connections later on. So somebody who feels very lonely or is 
hungry for connection or doesn't want connection and instead isolates themselves and has many reasons as to why to not get attached to other people will not really be able to relax. So a permission slip if you're finding yourself in these states is to work with massage and Reiki. And these are not only things that you can do for other people, receive from other people. It's something you can do for yourself. When you practice healing touch and therapeutic massage of your own body, you find where there's tension and you allow it to release and ease. Other expressions of human touch, such as cuddling, cuddle piles, intimacy with partners or loved ones will also help your nervous system relax and unwind with greater ease. So make sure that you are understanding that you are part of your environment, not something that lives within it. You are your environment. And by choosing a healthy environment with healthy people around you, your nervous system, yes, will relax more. And yes, there are supplements and things of this nature that assist and make this relaxation easier and deeper. And for that, of course, we would suggest a, a variety of things. We'll name a couple. Shisandra berry, mm, oat straw, mm, passion flower, valerian, skullcap. Yes, ashwagandha and lion's mane, as well as we've mentioned, mm, reishi. All of these are good herbs that can support you and based on your own constitution and your own interests at a given time you'll find which one of these calls to you the very most but again this permission slip cannot be used to replace any of the basics that we have given you the basics of having a healthy routine that is based upon your passion your highest passion yes and a healthy diet healthy care for your body including exercise and touch and community are the most important things for your nervous system. And bringing these things into your life will also involve modifying your belief systems so that you can introduce these things to your life and keep them as consistent parts of your life. Oh, fantastic detailation of everything. Yes, and for everyone to know, probably uh, memory, it's also connected with inspiration, with uh, I mean the nervous system. If you fine-tune your nervous system, you probably fine-tune even your your pineal, your inspiration. No, it, uh, yes. am I right? Your nervous system affects your entire body. So if your nervous system is out of whack, your digestion will be out of whack. Your hormonal system will certainly go out of whack very fast, and so will all of the other functions of your body. So your nervous system is key for being in the right frequency. And if your nervous system is in fight or flight mode, you cannot channel, you cannot get clear information from your higher self because your belief systems will be so active that they will distort any information or energy that you get in contact with. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you very much. And uh, Ryoko also said about living um, in a, nat a naturalistic lifestyle according to seasons, cycles, ebb and flows of the planetary and galactic consciousness. Uh, would you uh, add something to this or um, uh, more details about how to live uh, a naturalistic lifestyle? Do you have any recommendations, extra details in this well, direction? Yes. The closer you are to nature, the more you will receive that 
deep Schumann resonance from the earth. This is an energy that comes into your body and balances you and helps you find stability and integration. When you walk barefoot against the ground, you feel the power of the earth more deeply. When you sit or lay on the ground, this also works. So for example, those who live in environments where they take barefoot walks in the woods or on the beach often will have a much more relaxed and connected experience. It's also about the food that you take in and the toxins you avoid. Water is an issue on your planet. It's a bigger issue than many of you recognize. And so many of you take in toxic energy through the water that you consume. So make sure that you have a good water filter or a water distiller. A distiller is much cheaper than a filter for those of you who might not be able to afford one of the fancier water filters. And we encourage you to make sure that you have this if you are taking city municipal water that has any degree of heavy metals or other sorts of hormone altering substances in them. Because there is very often mm, medical residue from antidepressants and hormone control pills that end up in the tap water. And the water distiller will avoid these residues as will very high-tech water filters. Also avoid those toxins in the food that you consume. And yes, spend as much time as you can in nature. You're absorbing frequencies from everything you interact with all of the time. So every moment you spend in an environment is a moment that your energy is interchanging with that environment and the frequencies around you are becoming a part of your frequency. And thus, when you spend time in nature, you absorb the frequency of the natural world. When you focus on the beauty of nature, it brings you into an expanded state of consciousness in which you are more connected with spirit and your higher self. To Spend as much time as you can observing the beauty and reaching higher states of wonder and appreciation will help you carry that energy into other areas of your life. And you can experience all of life as a wondrous, beautiful, joyous unfolding as you do that. Now, the last thing about being truly natural is being what you consider authentic. It is being so in touch with yourself that you can understand all of your preferences and all of your passions and you make the space completely for all of them the more that you tap into what calls to you as an individual and learn to choose to avoid the things that don't resonate with you the more you will be your most natural and authentic expression of who you are uh -huh. thank you very much fantastic and a very quick one once you said that uh, we can impregnate cacao with uh, ayahuasca uh, vibes, or how would you say? Well, yeah. Uh, and uh, I was wondering if you have any tips on how to optimally do that, any uh, permission slip to optimally, uh, let's say if I would like to have like a microdose of ayahuasca daily, uh, yeah. how would I impregnate my glass of cacao and maybe how much cacao would I need in order to do that? Well, the quantity does not matter at all, because with this understanding, we're working with this reality that everything is here and now, and that these plants 
offer frequencies that your consciousness attunes to. So if everything is here and now, all of the plant spirits that exist are here and now with you. And of course, by meeting that plant spirit in person and consuming it, you get to adjust to that frequency and understand it more and it becomes easier to call it in. But you don't actually have to consume ayahuasca or any plant ever to be able to bring its frequency into your life. Now, some of the ways that you can attune more to the frequencies to look at pictures of the plant and listen to music created by people using the plant, to look at art, yes, created by people using this plant. All of this transmits some of the frequency of it. All you really have to do then is before you consume cacao or any substance that has a high frequency is hold the cup and visualize a flower from the ayahuasca plant or any part of the ayahuasca plant falling into the cup. Invite that plant teacher to be integrated into the beverage you're consuming. You can do this even with water. You can call the spirit of ayahuasca into the water and ask to let that frequency come into your body and into your consciousness. You will get better at this with time. And if you've had experiences with this or any plant and you remember how that experience felt like or what thoughts and beliefs were activated when you were in that experience, recalling those sensations in your body and recalling those thoughts in your mind will also help you dive deeper into attuning to that frequency. Well, mind-blowing and sublime. Thank you very, very much. Oh, thanks to you as well. All my love to you. And our unconditional love to you as well. Thank you. Hello. Hello, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, first of all, I, I have a question. Uh, when I was a, a kid, I remember I had a huge access to my memory and to all the, the knowledge I had. And I remember something like uh, I have energy in my heart. And now it's uh, difficult to remember. So I would like to know if I can uh, regain this uh, this uh, state when I was accessing to everything or not. You can regain it, yes. And it happens step by step. Part of why you have forgotten and your memory isn't as sharp is because it has been helpful to repress some of those memories. When there are negative experiences or experiences charged with negative emotion, the natural tendency of the mind is to shut down and isolate from those experiences. So the more that you do inner child work and investigate some of the more negative experiences that you had in your childhood, allowing yourself to feel the emotions of it and clear them out and creating new memories, the more that you will be able to recall even greater memories. But consider it a process of cleaning out the attic, so to speak. You will have to sort through things to regain memory. Uh, what's mean uh, sort out? Sort out means to, in this case, clear out old memories and 
heavier emotional charges from the past. Okay, so so if I understood, uh, my heart uh, shrinkle and I for for the sake of of helping me and isolating my brain. Uh, so if I want to regain, I have to open up uh, the heart energy heart chakra. That's right. I think he's frozen. Yes. Yes. Of having self-compassion for the aspects of you that had those experiences and being able to feel those emotions while holding your heart open in compassion and love. Okay, Dante, we didn't hear you because you're frozen. Uh, so we, we didn't hear uh, the, the beginning of the answer. All right. So again, it is involving keeping your heart open in love. Okay. Because the process of integrating these memories from the past is about facing past versions of yourself with unconditional love. The first person you have to have love and compassion for is yourself. This love and compassion will allow you to feel through some of the more uncomfortable situations that have happened and find acceptance for them. And yes, compassion for the person who had those experiences in the first place. Okay, thank you. I am sick uh, since three months and uh, I don't know how to heal myself because uh, the, um, the healing takes time. Um, do, you, do you have some, some advice or can I heal it by energetical work? What only? are you sick, sick with? Uh, I am uh, sick uh, in the root chakra. How does that manifest? What symptoms? Uh, it's complicated to, to talk about this here, but uh, let's say it's a sexual area. All right. So it is a yeast infection. No, no, uh, no, no, but, uh, but uh, it's uh, something, it's a bruise and uh, since three months and uh, the doctor say you can t take six months to, to heal. And uh, I would like to know if with uh, only uh, meditation, I can speed up the process of the cells. The cells are in a regenerative process. It will take time for everything to come into alignment and cleanse. So the most important thing for you to do is have love and self-compassion to be able to feel whatever emotions are arising due to the sickness and due to the issues that might result from it. This experience will allow you to have more time to sort through some of the childhood memories and other experiences that have happened to you as they are directly related to this illness. Uh, okay, so so since a few days, what well, I understood, it's uh, the life, it's completely the past, it's completely the, or, the life, it's organic, and it's organized every day for us to heal, and the past is not uh, something we have to look for, to go, it's in, in it, in it, in, in, the, in the life itself. 
Am I right? Well, everything is here and now. This is what we keep bringing you back to understand. So you heal the past when you heal the memories and the beliefs that come from the past and exist within the present. You're never actually going back to the same past. When you're doing these processes of inner child work and investigating your belief systems, you are changing the past. You are creating a new past and you're creating a new memory. This changes you on a cellular level and changes everything about who you are today. So it all takes place in the present. And it is not so simple as changing the past will change everything about the present. In order to change everything about the present, you also have to change the, your actions in the present because it is your actions in the present that determine your future. So this is where your highest passion is so important because you cannot heal without doing the things that call to your soul more than any other activity or action that you can experience. Okay, it's all uh, organic, it's all linked. We cannot dissociate uh, no. because we create from in from in self, we create the outside. Yeah. And as you explained earlier, the cell has to align the action of what uh, toxin we take, the energy we receive have to be the most aligned for, I understand. Uh, quickly, if I may, uh, why we cannot pick up uh, uh, wounds or negative beliefs? Why we have to wait for them to appear in our consciousness? Why we cannot push and pick up and say, today I want to heal this stuff and I pick up and I deal with it? Why it's not like this? Well, you can dig and look for them. Though you don't need to. That's all we're saying. You can dig and look for them, and some of you will be inclined to do that. Though if you dig and look for them, you start with the belief that you're already aware of. Because we guarantee that all of you have negative beliefs that you are aware of that you can do work around. And once you start doing negative belief work with beliefs you are aware of, you will start to see deeper levels of them. It's very much like mining you see one part of a rock that you're mining out. And that's one aspect of the negative belief. But as you start to dig through the dirt and get deeper in, you see that the rock that you were mining is much bigger than before. So you break off parts of the rock and eventually you get to take all of the rock out. But it's a step-by-step -step process. And as we've said, the best way to get in touch with negative beliefs that you aren't yet aware of is by enacting your passion. Because when you create the highest frequency that you're able to create in your lives, you will encounter your negative beliefs very quickly. Because negative beliefs always come to the surface when you engage in a high frequency and distort your perception and interfere in the process. So by enacting your passion, you get to discover your beliefs much quicker than you would in any other way. Okay, because maybe if we if we try to to dig in by ourselves, 
maybe if we follow instead of highest excitement, we will shift the timeline and we will not have to find the 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 what we were digging for. That's that's what do you mean? Sort of. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, yeah, so thanks to you as well. I have one question from the YouTube. All right, great. It is by ANM. Uh, I've been seeing patches of blue light in the night sky. Does it mean something? Thank you. It could be that in these patches, there are ships that are disguising themselves. Sometimes this happens. Ships that appear in the sky can use clouds or use light to obscure themselves from vision. So if you're seeing something, look closely and also feel into it. You might sense that there are some subtle energies at work there. Awesome. That's it for that question. Thank All you. Right. Yes, and thanks to you. Well, then I may have some personal questions. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, again, great. Thanks, Council. Everything that you've said at the beginning was resonating completely. And it's often tricky to remember what the tips that have been set by the guides or to actively practice them. So that was an amazing reminder. Um, the question in particular is, Recently, something kind of got me um, fired up, kind of mad, but not necessarily mad. This this aspect of just, okay, well, let's do this type of type of uh, mindset. And throughout the rest of that day, it's been like a synchronicity party. Um, yeah. Whether, yeah, like whether it's words just jumping back uh, from two different contexts and such. And I was wondering what. I guess, what happened? What is that? Why have things shifted so much? Yeah, specifically after getting mad. Well, not mad, but in this interesting burst of, um, I guess, guts, per se. And afterwards, you felt like things became more clear. Yeah, and it just kind of kept flowing synchronistically. Um, yes. Well, it's because this anger was an emotion that was repressed and the repressed energy and motion, which is all emotion is, was blocking passion. And oftentimes you block passion with negative emotions. And this is why doing emotional release work is very important. And emotional release work is always linked in when you are doing the practices suggested to clear negative beliefs. So recognize that when you were young, especially in school, certain emotional states were not allowed. Emotions such as fun, well, the happiness rather that comes from doing fun things, because fun isn't necessarily an emotion, yes, but happiness, joy, passion, excitement, enthusiasm, were all seen as counterproductive to things like learning, to things like having serious discussions to things like really progressing and growing. And as a result, 
there are holding patterns that restrict the flow of certain emotions that you deem negative. The emotions themselves are not fundamentally negative. So anger, fear, sadness, despair, worry. None of these are negative emotions, but they can be used in negative ways. And you term them negative emotions because most of the time people in your world use these emotions in negative ways. It is not always true that these negative emotions are linked with negative beliefs. It's often true. It's often true when something that doesn't fundamentally have a low frequency energy triggers anger in you. That is a sign that anger is coming through the lens of a distorted negative belief. However, sometimes you will encounter a person who says something that is negative and that will cause anger within you. And this anger is positive anger. That anger can be used in a variety of ways. It can be used to help you have firm boundaries with that person so that you can make sure that they aren't causing harm in your world. Or it can be used to help you get a clear sense of what is right and wrong for you because nothing is fundamentally right or wrong but you can understand what works for you and what doesn't so by accepting all emotions as fundamentally neutral and understanding that feeling them helps you get in touch clear with yourself you'll find that you can process the triggers quicker and allow yourself to be present with the emotions as long as is necessary, knowing that it will lead to having more energy. Because again, all emotion is energy in motion. And when you allow yourself to feel them, emotions will give you energy. What wears you out is not the emotion itself, but it is the ways that you attempt to repress, control, or direct the flow of that energy. Instead, if you let the energy in motion just move, because that's what it wants to do, you'll find that regardless of if it is a good or acceptable emotion or a seemingly negative emotion, that energy in motion will give you greater life force and vitality. That is amazing. Thank you. I, I've noticed, especially in those instances, there's always a, a bit of a balance. So there's anger towards that person, but then kind of like Jim Carrey, it just balances back in an aspect, but in a yeah. in a way where it's like, oh, okay, well, that's just, they're running their programming, you know? Yeah. Um, it, in that same way, when it comes to, and I don't necessarily know how to properly phrase it, so sorry uh, in advance. That's all right. Um, when it comes to that interesting balance that seems to occur, because I don't necessarily know if it's either uh, channeling kick, kicking in or some prior influences, yet I notice that personally, it just pushes me in a, um, uh, how do I say, in a much more understanding way or in a coping way. It's like going back down, then going back up, then going back down, then going back up in a conversational aspect. and. Yeah, I don't necessarily understand that process in a way, or it's still mysterious to me. And up and down in terms of frequency. 
yes and then output it frequencies yes well that's natural it's what happens as you move through the energy in motion you'll find yourself at a high frequency and all of a sudden something triggers you but if you allow yourself to be present with whatever that trigger is you will naturally rise back up to the higher frequency so the best way to stay in the highest possible frequency is to have total non-resistance you are still in momentum even when you're triggered until the moment that a part of you decides that what you're experiencing is wrong, bad, and needs to be stopped or controlled. That's what causes you to back down in the flow. But if you allow those emotions to be there and you continue to flow with them, to express them, to feel them, you would find that the up and down motion continues. And what then continues to happen as well is that every up is a little bit higher and the lows you reach are never as low as the lows before. That is fantastic. Great. Thanks to you, Council. Oh, thanks to you as well. Something else? Um, uh, it, it would be... Okay. Yes, continue. It, it, it would be this sense where... No, I can't seem to phrase it right now, so I'll right. leave the floor to someone else. Thank yeah. you. Let us get back to you then. Oh, thanks to you. Someone has a question? Yes, I would like to have a question. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Uh, my first philosophical question is, uh, how do you define free will? Or what is free will? Free will is your choice between different pathways. And uh, do we really have a free will if we still are, if we still selecting the best choice for me or for us? You absolutely have free will. We will also say this about free will, that free will is the gift of unconditional love bestowed to you. Choice is the third dimensional manifestation of love there are universes that exist where there is no choice and everything happens due to fate the beings that exist in those dimensions do not get to choose what happens they simply play it out like almost like npcs in one of your video games in your universe everyone is a pc a player character in this metaphor and everyone is always choosing what happens so your choice is a reminder of the unconditional love that source has for you source does not fundamentally care if you make a good choice for yourself or if you make a negative choice for yourself mm -hmm. and it's always uh choosing of my consciousness right yes Okay, thank you. And another uh, topic I would like to have more, more clarity is uh, how do I find uh, my highest uh, passion in in the moment? Well, we've talked about this numerable times, but for the reminder, 
you tune into your heart center. In your heart center, you get a sense of how it feels there. You imagine everything that you could potentially do, think about, meditate upon, write about. You imagine every person that you could possibly contact. Literally, you imagine every single thing that you could do coming back to that understanding of total free choice that is you can choose any single one of these things you can choose things that you have not even imagined but the one that is leading you on the quickest path to what you call ascension and an acceleration of your frequency and an experience of higher dimensional states of consciousness is the one that generates the most profound activation of that heart center. This activation must be pleasant. It can be intense, but it must be pleasant. It must feel like an opening, a warmth, a tingling, a buzzing. There's something about this sensation that will be pleasant and will signal to you, this is my highest passion. And then you have to act upon it. You cannot just sit and think about it because that is not enacting and manifesting that energy. It's simply sitting with it. And it's okay to sit with it for a minute or for an hour or as long as you want. But understand that sitting with is different than enacting. And of course, you might have passion to do a variety of meditations or experiences that involve sitting. And that's included in following your passion. Those things fit the mold. But they will be different than thinking and sitting about doing something. So please don't just sit and think about doing something. When you find what excites you and really expands that heart center in the most profound way, you enact it. As you enact it, there will come more choice points where you choose, do I continue this or do I take a different path? And again, whichever one has the most profound impact in your heart center is the correct path for you. Not necessarily correct, but the one that again will lead to the highest acceleration in your frequency, which we understand to be what you want. Mm -hmm. And uh, what about time aspect of it? I believe I need to be focused. It can only on the happen moment. in the present. Yes. Okay. And so you can think about things that you will do in other moments and you can bring that excitement into the now, but then you still have to come back to the now and think about what action is going to help you attune to that frequency here and now, not later. And uh, do I need to think about the consequences <laughs> or no insistence on the outcome? Uh -huh, okay, that's clear. <laughs> Remember, that's part of the formula. Allowing what is going to happen to happen, being open to whatever ha happens. And that doesn't mean don't have expectations because expectations and your thought about the reward and the impact is a key part of why it excites you to begin with but all it, that we're saying is once you understand what those expectations are let go of them and recognize that the energy of passion might lead you to something else 
and the energy of passion is why you're doing the thing in the first place. Okay, thank you very much. Another question is uh, about uh, neuron. Can you describe the biological neuron that are in our brains? What about them? I would be uh, interested uh, how fast do they operate? Uh, how often do they spike? And how structures uh, structured are they in our brains? Mm. We cannot answer this question, we're sorry. It's outside of the scope of what we are capable of speaking about. Somebody else would give you better answers, so ask them. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks to you. Can I ask I something? Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I do go have ahead. a question from YouTube. Yes. Um, by Kevin Wickhart. Yes. So, can you speak of some sleepless nights that occur for me? Many nights I have, I go to sleep at 9.30 p.m. and wake up at 1 a.m. and feel tired, uh, wired, but not fully rested. I'm aware the body needs ample time of deep sleep to rest and restore. Can you advise me on why this is happening and any advice and remedy? Yes. All right. Well, this could be that there are dreams that are coming up that disturb the sleep. They don't necessarily have to manifest as dreams, but sometimes certain unprocessed fears will wake one from sleep as a part of the mind is still processing them through sleep. So it's important to do dream work which means to review your dreams as the dreams reveal to you many important fear-based beliefs that need to be addressed so you can do this by every time when you wake up writing or voice recording a note about your dreams describe them in as great detail as you can and then interpret the symbolism within the dreams based upon your own understanding then you can do a process of revisiting the dreams so you can lay down and go into a hypnotic state you can look up different tools how to use the permission slip of hypnosis if you don't already know how to do this but in the hypnotic state it is important to then process the dream again relive the dream, but then at the point that something goes in a negative way during the dream, recognize that you as the dreamer are in the driver's seat and can control the dream. So create a new outcome for that particular dream and return to the waking state. Doing this is a permission slip that helps you to rewrite your beliefs and rewrite your subconscious so that the fears and anxieties that can wake you up no longer do so. Other things that might impact this would be taking too many stimulants. We don't think this is the case for you, but some people might have a similar problem or could be the case that drinking some form of caffeine too late in the day 
can reactivate after some hours of sleep and wake one up. So make sure that you consume caffeine very early in, in the day and cut back as this can disrupt sleep. A, another permission slip to make sure that you sleep through the night would be taking different herbs that can ensure deep and restful sleep. These would be valerian, passion flower, skullcap, lavender, and so on. Even CBD for many of you can increase your ability to rest deeper in your sleep. We think that the biggest part of it will be reviewing any of the fears and anxieties that can wake you up, whether they occur in dreaming or otherwise. Oftentimes, this might be what happens. It could also be something in your environment, so make sure that there are no energetic disturbances coming into your room in the night. We hope that helps. Awesome. That's it for that question. Thank you. All right. So anyone else who has not yet asked a question, please, if you'd like, take a step up. Does someone want to go? Can I ask uh, something? Yes, you may. Thank you. Um, since you said we create our reality, sometimes when we take some uh, difficult choices or maybe would lead to lead something difficult, who decides to make a miracle happen for us? So there is some judge or some the court in the in the spirit who decides somewhere to to help us and to make some miracle happen sometime. Well, usually these miracles are happening when you've made the best choice you are capable of making. The miracle is much less likely to happen when you know you're making a bad choice, but you decide to make that choice anyway. The universe is much more forgiving when you aren't understanding that you're making the wrong choice because it wants you to learn your lesson quickly and move on. Do you understand? So what there I is, understood. There's yes. much more forgiveness for choices that you don't know aren't the best choice because you need to make that choice in order to learn why that choice isn't good. When you know the choice you're making isn't good, you decide it anyway, your karma from that, so to speak, is much worse off because you willingly chose to go against yourself. It's all about your own frequency. When you don't know better and you make that choice, you feel excited and elated and optimistic that energy carries with you to bring you a better outcome. So it's your energy that brings in the miracle or pushes it away. Okay, I understand. Thank you. I have a quick question, if I may. I don't know right. if I'm allowed. Uh, and I don't know if I can ask this. One day I was to the um, uh, healer, to the therapeutic, some 
uh, some healer, he activates something in me and I have I had a burst of energy and I sense I had two head, two head in my necks, in my neck, two head, one left and one right. Yeah. And soon after I came, I, I start to be on fire. So do you have some explanation for, for this, please? Well, the energy healer was unlocking things connected to your third chakra. And the third chakra is a place of energetic fire. When you repress emotions of self-love, empowerment, and worth, the solar plexus gets shut down. When you reactivate them, there comes to be more heat moving through the body. And this heat transforms and undoes negative blockages. The two heads is sort of like a metaphor for understanding the different personalities within you. It's about understanding that there is much more than the conscious mind that you may have identified that's at work alive inside of you. So it's an invitation to get in touch with the many aspects of your personality and greet them as individuals in a way. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks to you as well. Well, then I may have another question, if I may. Yes. Um, it is about the, I've heard multiple times, and I'm starting to feel it even further, that our environment, and this goes back to um, what your group has uh, channeled last session or previous, the aspect of not objectifying objects and being a bit more in tune with them as an aspect of uh, energies. Yes. And I remember we used to do that as kids. It, it was much more normal, you know? It, it, our toys would have personalities and such. And I was wondering if this would be, um, if it would be recommendable to have less possession, less materials, um, or have a decrease just to have a bit more of an energy flow with that momentum. Well, it doesn't matter about the quantity, it matters about the quality of relationship. So it's better to have one object that you like than a room filled with objects that you don't like. Everything is about this relationship. So it, to some degree, your response to objects and energies around you is natural. And you can modify your beliefs to clear out the negative beliefs to have a, a better reaction to something that you might have a negative connotation with. But even two different beings that have cleared out all of their negative beliefs will still have their own preferences and they may not like the same things. So if you keep many things around you just because you have them, but you don't feel connected with them, that will create clusters in your energy and it will also create an energy field for you in which you start to take on and pick up energy from other people easier. Because the reflection here is that you're keeping many things that aren't really yours. They don't have a deep connection with you. And as you go out in the world, you'll continue to take on many things that aren't really yours. So it's best to have this relation. 
if you feel a connection with things, keep them. Don't just keep them because they're things and they have supportive value. Find a way to sell them or bring them to people that value them. Because if you don't value them and you keep them around, it's like hanging out with someone you don't like. It will frustrate you. That's totally true. And oh, thank you. It, it also brings this sense that you know, having these things also gives a different, um, it's as if it gives a different sense of, a different energy to the entity of the room itself. It's like yes. the microcosm gets affected too. Yes. That's fascinating. Thank you greatly, Council. Yes, I thanks to you as well. And a reminder to everyone that everything is alive. Everything is conscious. Nothing is truly inert. And every tiny thing that is a part of your environment is vibrating and impacting you. So live your life in a relational way and recognize that everything is alive. Great, thanks. May I have another question? Yes. Uh, can you predict the uh, price of the Bitcoin for next weeks and months? No. Uh, because you, you don't want to do it or you just going to do it? There's too many frequencies in flux. Uh -huh. okay. Right now, it will probably be around $31,000. But anything can happen in a moment's notice that would change that. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. And uh, one more question. I'm starting to taking care of uh, bees, honeybees. Uh, can you give me some suggestion how to keep them healthy? Attune to them. Recognize that they are also living entities. And as they start to recognize you, you will be able to have a telepathic relationship with them. So ask them what they want and pay attention to the responses that you get and how you feel about it. Send them and offer them love we would encourage you to make a small crystal grid around their home. And what kind of crystals? Quartz or whatever you choose. And how big they should be? Doesn't matter. They can be as small as a pebble. Mm -hmm. Okay, good idea. Thank you very much. All right, thanks to you as well. Hello. <clears throat> Hello, Pleading Council. Hello, welcome. Hello, thank you, and my gratitude to you for this transmission, thank you. My question is, um, I have asked before about um, you scanning my body because I've been working on my solar plexus and my sacral and, and trying to move that energy and some stuck energies. And I've been doing some work recently and I was hoping you would be able to scan me again and just help me understand if you have any guidance for me any further guidance as i continue to work on these on these chakras all right we'll make one final exception you might not have heard that we are finished doing um, scans in public oh. sessions but in this instance we will do it oh i'm sorry i apologize i did not realize that's all right that. and that's okay if that is not appropriate oh. i understand you didn't get the message so we'll do it this time Thank you. What areas were you asking about one more time? 
about the solar plexus and the sacral. All right. The solar plexus has improved greatly. The sacral chakra could still use some balancing, particularly on the back side. It's about letting in support from others. There are still some beliefs in place that cause you to feel unsupported and affect your stability. So we would encourage you to open yourself to love, connection, and feedback from others and to do some more relational work. If you do energy healing on this part of your body, we would encourage you to focus on the back side as the area is more located here now. Mm. There still might be some things that cause a bit of excess gas. Mm -hmm. And this is still related to that air element. So you're overthinking many of these experiences rather than directly asking for what your needs are. So mm -hmm. the next step in this healing process is coming to recognize what you need in your various relations and from your life in general. And to not minimize those needs because the tendency has been to make your own needs less significant than they actually are. Mm -hmm. Though if you can honor what your needs and preferences are and bring them into expression with greater ease, you will end the pattern of feeling unsupported and your back and digestive organs will come into a greater alignment. So focus on bringing down this air element and increasing the water element in subtle ways and identifying those needs and expressing them. Mm. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate this. And again, my apologies for that question. Oh, nothing to worry about. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Man. Right, thank thanks you. you as well. Can you expand of what is a scan? Because um, I don't understand. It's any question related to ourselves? A scan is when one asks for scanning their own energy. This requires a bit more energy of the channel, but, and we recognize that the more we hold the space for these in the public setting, the more that individuals will randomly come and ask for scans. The scans are very effective, however. It is a way that we tune into your energy and we notice what patterns are going on. And we simply speak to them. It's something that we are quite capable of doing, though we like for this to be a co-creative space and we like for you to have a deeper self-awareness of what's going on. So if you have a specific health issue that you would like to talk about, we can still do it. Or if there's a theme in your life that you're feeling manifests in your body, of course we can do it. Though we would like for more direct questions rather than please scan me. Because for a while, sometimes individuals were simply showing up and saying, please scan me without any story or any willingness to co-create. And this isn't the paradigm we want to work on at this time. Thank you so much for explaining. Thank you. Yes. Oh, thanks to you as well. Uh, what do you mean when you say oh, uh, overthink it's some, something? 
overthinking something is when you ruminate upon it, when you continue to analyze and analyze it without taking it into actions. So overthinking happens, for example, when somebody says one thing to you and then you start to question, why did they say that? What were their intentions? Is this thing that they said a way that they are rejecting me? Do they want me to focus on something different? And so on. So why is it overthinking? It's because there is an easier way to obtain that information. Instead of trying to figure out what another person intended, you can ask that person what they intended. Or likewise, you often will overthink things when you think about certain potential outcomes too much rather than investigating ways that you can get a better sense of what is about to happen. Now, overthinking is something that is so common in your world because all of you are trained to do it. We would say that your school system in a way conditions you to start to overthink because they train you to bring in much more information than is really relevant for you. You only really need to be thinking about things that are immediately exciting for you. If it isn't exciting for you, it is not a part of your soul path, but instead, you have all been conditioned to think that you have to have a bit of everything in your mind. And that simply isn't true. So to go beyond overthinking, we invite you to simplify your lives. If it isn't exciting for you, it isn't relevant to you. And if there are other ways of obtaining information, obtain those ways rather than thinking and ruminating. If you're thinking about another person's actions or intention, ask them rather than trying to dissect them. There are easier ways of getting information. Mm -hmm. So there is some uh, fear-based beliefs behind it. Yes. Usually it involves a fear of taking action or a fear of asking. Okay, I understand that. Uh, how does the tuning to uh, my heart feels like? It will feel different at every moment because your heart will go through many changes. Sometimes being in touch with your excitement will feel like a lightness, will feel like a fluttering. Sometimes it will feel like your chest is pounding and your heart is beating very rapidly. Sometimes it will come with a slight tension and the tension indicates that there's a belief that's holding you back from being in touch with your heart and that taking action will actually relieve that tension because once you take action, you're breaking free from the holding pattern of the negative belief. So the quality of how your heart feels is important, but you have to have an open mind and understand that the exact feeling in your heart is never going to be the same, but the fact that your heart is very activated indicates you're on the right track. Mm -hmm. And uh, how long my, does it take to tune to my heart? Because for me, uh, it's the story that it usually activates lots of uh, chattering and uh, until it quiets down, uh, it takes a long time for me. It takes as long as it takes. 
if you have a very active mind, it might take longer. If you learn how to quiet your mind, it'll happen quickly. But understand that a part of you wants it to take as however long it takes. So when you recognize that you're in part creating this, you can change it. If you want it to happen quicker, there's a way. I'm simply searching for a way for some confirmation that I'm really tuned to, to my heart. Do you feel sensation in your heart? Yes, I do. All right, then you're tuned to your heart. Mm -hmm. Okay, that means when I'm not doubting it, then I'm tuned to it, right? Yes, you can even be attuned, but you can still have some doubt. Doubt doesn't totally cancel anything out. It simply distorts. So you also have to recognize that you often have a mixed frequency. And for you in particular, you have a mixed frequency most of the time. But just because your frequency is mixed doesn't mean the parts of it that are in alignment are out of alignment. It's simply that you are in alignment and also negative beliefs are active. Both can be true. And the fact that negative beliefs are active doesn't negate the fact that you still might be in tune. It simply makes a more complex situation. Yes, it's complex. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, you as well. Can I ask something quickly? All right. Uh, what is your thought when, when, let's say, I want to quit uh, the company of somebody, and this someone else will take it like, a, like a rejection? Sometimes I push myself to listen to to uh, best to to my friend's stories, only for the sake for her not to be in loneliness, you know but I, I, it's not my highest excitement. What do you think when we sometimes we push ourselves in order to do, to do good? Well, you're out of alignment. You're not truly listening to your own heart and your own passion. And it prevents you from having the kinds of interactions you really wanna have. Say, for example, you've been listening to someone's sob story for too long. You can continue to be a friend of them. You can even continue to hang out with them. But you need to say, I don't have the space for this conversation anymore. Maybe we can wrap it up and move on to something else. Something that is more exciting for both of us rather than me holding the space for you. Because you will feel when there is an even energy exchange and when someone consistently gives back to you in return for the gifting that you have given to them, then it will be easy to flow and listen to them and hold space for them for whatever they need to process. But if it is continually that you are holding the space for them to process and they give you nothing in return, then that will be draining for you. And it is obviously not your passion or your preference but if you continue to let it happen you're perpetuating a pattern for no good reason so 
it's not uh, like if I ab abandon, I, I let, I, I, I do bad or I do something uh, negative for this no. person. It's set my boundary. It's complicated no. for me to understand because well, it's... if you're doing what is good for you and what brings you into your own greatest alignment, understand that that is the best for everybody. Because in order for you to offer the highest frequency to the world, you have to be in your own highest frequency. Okay, so I don't have to deal about the feeling of, of making some rejection or something bad in the other person. Okay. Well, sometimes it's natural that you reject each other. And letting that be okay, and learning to grow from that is helpful. Because if you never reject anyone, you will continue having many types of relationships that don't actually serve you and serve your preferences and your personal passion. So you have to be willing to let people go sometimes and recognize both for you and for them, there's many other fish in the sea. When you recognize that, you won't have any fear. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to you as well. There are no questions in the YouTube. All right, let's conclude with meditation. Unless there's somebody in this Zoom room who has not yet asked any questions that wants to ask one, we'll wait. Going once, twice. All right, let's conclude with the final meditation. Please sit up nice and tall. If you're seated in a chair, place your feet firmly against the ground. If you're seated on the ground, you can sit cross-legged. Just make sure your spine is nice and erect. Take gentle breaths in and out, releasing, relaxing. See great roots of light that grow out through the base of your spine and out through your feet. See the roots of light growing down into the earth. Visualize them wrapping around crystals, minerals, metals, and all of the elements of the earth. See them weaving further down as they go through all of the water, deep beneath the earth's surface, deeper down through the magma, deeper down all the way to the solid crystal core of the planet, feeling this deep, compact, fiery energy, feeling the earth's core heart, radiating a reverberation that travels upwards into your body. Feel this energy moving up through this channel and into your feet, traveling up your legs, up through the base of your spine and filling your whole body with the deep earth energy.
than coming to the top of your head and picture here the great crystal column of light that surrounds your entire body with energy. This crystal column travels all the way down to the center of the Earth and reaches all the way up to the center of this galaxy. Follow this column, travel out through it, past the sun and the moon, through many stars connected to the solar system and all the way into that galactic center. Picture a waterfall of light that travels from this galactic center through many stars and into the crown of your head. Feel it entering and filling your body with energy. Experiencing this downpour of light moving to every cell in your body. Bring your focus into your heart center and feel these currents meeting here. Feel the earth energy and the cosmic energy spreading to all of your body and opening this beautiful gate of light in the heart. Allow this energy to support you in accessing higher dimensional states with greater ease. We invite you to picture yourself seated in meditation on a desert hill at sunset, at dusk. The sun sets in the background. And you look up, the stars beginning to show in the sky. The environment is warm and tranquil. And you see a light that darts around, around in the sky and settles next to you. A ship has landed and they invite you to step on. Allow your imagination to show yourself exactly what these beings look like. These extraterrestrial guides are familiar with you. And they've been observing you and waiting to establish this contact. They invite you on the ship and they ask if you'd like to go and visit their world. It feels like a quick moving vacuum pull as the planet bends the fabric of time, as the ship rather, rather, bends the fabric of time and space for you to land in their world. And all of a sudden you're hovering above vast forests, mountains, deserts, rivers, valleys, witnessing their world at an airplane view as the ship moves very quickly. You see through a panoramic window, getting to observe the vast natural beauty of their world. The planet 
relatively unscathed by cities and pollution. Sometimes you pass by a couple of elaborate structures that you see intermixed within the nature. Yet mostly, this civilization is connected with nature rather than imposing its will upon it. The ship takes you to a particular place where there's an elaborate sculpture. It's tall and large like an obelisk with more features, with crystals, wires, cords, and all sorts of things connected to it. It appears very much alive as different lights and vibrations travel through it. The beings there explain to you some way that this structure is picking up signals from other worlds and helping them land into this particular reality. The beings invite you to put your hands against the structure for you to feel the energy it's bringing in. As you do, you feel a current of energy move over your body, a tingling, different sounds and voices even express within you on an inner level. Allow this connection you're creating to support you in obtaining new information, opening to greater contact. getting a broader sense of what's out there. When you're included, Allow yourself to take a step back from this device. And let the energy settle into your body. Your new friends look at you and share their love and gratitude for bringing your energy to this place. Your visit here has allowed them to learn and experience so much. Allow them to escort you back into the ship and move quickly, leaving you right back where you started, but bringing with you a higher frequency, a remembrance of the beings that are out there supporting you in your connection. Allow this energy to ground and stabilize within you in your own way, in your own time. Deepen your breath. 
longer, more complete breaths in and out. And as you're ready, slowly open your eyes and wake up, coming back to your reality. Our great love and thanks to each and every one of you for co-creating this interaction, for choosing to be valiant in your adventures with us. We and your other guides are always with you whenever you would like to establish connection. We support you in all of the explorations you choose to enjoy. And remember to choose only that which you enjoy, because as you continuously choose joy, you propagate joy in this reality. When you choose joy for yourself, you help align with those who share your joy. Whereas if you choose what brings others satisfaction but robs you of joy, you rob the whole world of joy. So remember that this experience isn't about giving anything to someone specific. It's about your gifts and your openness and readiness to share them. And all of your gifts come from joy. So make joy your first choice and you will have the best gifts to share. Our love and our thanks to you and we wish you a pleasant rest of your day. And we hope that we see you again soon. All right, everybody.